thank God for the blessing, the favor that he has bestowed upon us all. And we are continuing to pray through this system, this storm, this time of testing and refreshing. I pray that you're doing well this morning on this beautiful day. And I pray that you can hear me okay. I understand that there are a few people who are having problems hearing. And I pray that you would give us some type of notification if you can't hear us uh, so that you can be uh, in the meeting where you can see and hear as well. We're going to get started this morning and so that you can get out and enjoy this day and still practice good, safe social distancing and enjoy this beautiful day. I understand it's going to be some rain next week, so this will be a wonderful day to get out and enjoy. If you would look to look with me to Luke, the 13th chapter, verses 6 through 9, we'll start reading there. And I just want to talk to you this morning, and I'm going to give it to you the way the Lord has given it to me and inspired me to share with you this morning. I think it's very important uh, that, that we do that exactly the way that he has uh, shared this with me. Luke, the 13th chapter, verses 6 through 9. And the word of God reads, Luke 13, 6 through 9, he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, yeah, that, came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it, and after it bear, and if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. And I want to talk to you from this thought this morning. Uh, thank God it didn't kill me. <laughs> thank God it didn't kill me. Amen. And all of us who are born again, we have not always been born again, and We've been caught in things and we've been doing things and have done things in our lives that were just not godly. Uh, no sense in us acting like that a prerequisite to being born again is first of all, you've got to be a sinner. You've got to acknowledge that you are a sinner and that you have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But once you have repented and given God uh, and, and, and laid your life before God, you've confessed your sin, then God says he's forgiven your sin and he has taken your sin away. And after that, we don't have to be entangled and entrapped thinking that we're still dealing in the bondage of sin. completely brand new. The word of God says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Isn't that good? God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but he came that, that, that through Jesus, the world might be saved. God expects fruit. God expects fruit. The fruit of your lips, the results of those nine characteristics of the spirit. Of the fruit of the spirit. Okay, Jimmy. Referred to repentance, evidence, or the results of their repentance in their thoughts and in their deeds. Matter of fact, John is saying the evidence of, of repentance is in the way you live afterwards. False teachers are identified by their fruit. Jesus told his disciples if they remained in him, they would bear much fruit. God expects fruit. Mm -hmm. 
Every worship experience okay, positions me, us man. to hear a word from God that could change okay. our parents' lives forever. All right. God okay. is working Thank me into you. something that he's already planned concerning me, something he has already yeah. spoken concerning that me. We ought to thank God to Mind. Somebody ought to tell him thank you for renewing. You don't think the way you used to think. And a spiritual refreshing without a renewed mind will not accept the unexplainable favor of God, the unconditional love of God, or the supernatural blessing of God. Without a renewed mind, we'll think that this move of God is too big for me to receive. And, and I'm not ready yet right now, God. I'm not ready to receive this kind of life and power. That's what an unrenewed mind would tell God. Aren't you glad that when God calls you to another level of living, that you are in the right mind to receive it? Without a renewed mind, we'll walk away from our blessing, thinking that nothing this good could ever happen to me. We'll reject the very thing that can change everything, thinking that where we are right now and what we have right now is God's best for us. But God has more for you. He put more in you, and God expects more from you. God expects Fruit. God is calling you higher and requiring more of you because he's doing this because he's given you more. Without a renewed mind, we'll allow our feelings toward what God has required of us to take the place of our faith. We'll, we'll, without that renewed mind, our feelings toward what God requires of us will take the place of our faith for what God can do through us. We cannot receive what he said. We'll never get what he gave us. I don't care how good of a preacher you listen to. I don't care how many scripture you listen to. If you cannot receive what he said, you'll never get what he gave you. Do you understand that, believer? Amen. You'll never understand it. But let me tell you that some people, when they come to church, we have not understood yet uh, to get in a mindset to where we are not performing before God, but that we're really praising God. We're not looking for any reaction to what we're doing. We're not looking for anybody else. And see, we've not understood yet the power of our praise. We got to wait for somebody else, you know, turn us up and, and do all of this. But, but let me tell you, God is working something in your life right now, even in this season, to where you will understand praise. Pain and problems will teach you and tutor you until you learn and understand how to praise God. Some of you have not really found out yet that you really are a praiser, but you're getting there. You're being tutored by problems and pain, how to praise him in the middle of a storm. When we think in retrospect of our sinful actions, God requires more than just feelings of sorrow for our sin. He requires more. He requires repentance. And repentance is more than just sorrow for sins. Repentance requires a turning away from sin. Repentance requires more than mere regret. It requires a change of heart. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. You cannot reach the heights that God wants you to reach if your mind is full of worry and fear. You'll just stand there and never produce anything because you're, you have a word, but your word is not connected by faith because you're still in a, in a state of worry and fear. You're full of word and you're standing there. Isn't it amazing how trees 
are just it just stands so tall and and such a, a, a massive uh, piece of structure just stands there and it and it stands there by the force of what it's rooted to how far down it goes in the ground see what you see is just not set on the ground it's connected to the earth and the earth is providing deep below where we cannot see nourishment nutrients life and power for that tree to stand tall and to present its purpose to the world Psalm 1 and 3 says to us, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth what? His fruit in what? His season. You have fruit and you have a season. His leaf, you got leaves also. They shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Are you living in seasons or are you living in cycles? You enter seasons and you exit into a new season, okay? But with cycles, you enter in and you never get out, not really changing. You're going nowhere. Your life is at a standstill. Every day you're dealing with the same thought processes, same people, same problem, same tears, same old stuff. That's not a season. That's a cycle. Are you living in a season or a cycle? Have you discovered what it is the enemy is using to keep you in this vicious cycle? You've met people who's dealt with a serious misfortune at one point in their life. All of us have. And, and that they seem to they never get really, they never really get over it. Okay. They never really get through it. Something in their past have shaped the way they see everybody. Something that happened to them in their past shaped the way they think and the way they live with people. And even it shapes the way they think concerning God. They don't know how to use it in the purpose God allowed it to come in their lives. They can't see it ever working for their good. This is only something that makes me cry. I'm not getting stronger. I'm not getting better. I just want to cry. This might sound a little crazy. And out of alignment with, with the fact that we do have a free will. Everybody knows that. Every believer knows that. We do have a free will. But God is not letting you stay where you are. That's why you're struggling. That's why you're restless. That's why you're fighting and wrestling with it. God is still pursuing you. He doesn't want you to live like this. He wants you free purposely free. It reminds me of a message God shared with me concerning the man who sat by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. The Bible records that a multitude of people were sitting there with this man, around this man. Matter of fact, they were sitting around this man. They weren't sitting with him. But Jesus stepping through the crowd, no matter how tasking it was to maneuver through the beds, through the chairs, through the sticks, and all of the debris and the stuff that sick people need in order to be comfortable around them, he stepped over all of this to get to one man and break his cycle of defeat and disappointment. Oh, that gives me joy this morning, believer, that God is doing something in my life even right now to step through things that are disappointments to me just to break my cycles of disappointment. God really wants you to win. God wants you to be fruitful. He requires fruit. What does this tree symbolize? And when God, what, is, what does it mean when God uses trees? 
What is he speaking to us? The production, the, 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 the thing that a tree represents in the scripture. Of course, we can look and see that they mean various things. And he uses trees as metaphors for, for different things that stand and be productive and bring forth from an expectation. Trees only live because of what they are rooted to. Trees are totally dependent on the earth's resources. Just like the believer, we're totally rooted and grounded in Jesus, and we're depending in the spirit on heavenly resources. Now, when we first get in this thing, if this word is not rooted and grounded in us, somebody can come around us with all manner of doctrine and they can cause us, they can just pull us right up. But give us some time that this word will become rooted and grounded in our lives and you'll see a difference. You can come and you can't shake us. You can't cause us to follow a lie. You can't cause us to step down and, and just think that our lives are over because we're dealing with just a season of disappointment. Look at what our sins can do or has done when we hold on to our sins, when we hold them. God has already forgiven us, getting everything that, that, that it needs to grow. You know, God has already dealt with us just like he deals with trees. We get everything we need to grow and mature, but never produce anything. Everything you need has been provided. We want it. We get it but we don't use it for its purpose. We don't bring forth anything he's looking for, what he's expecting, all the love of God, the grace and mercies of God, the very gift of God has all been provided, yet we somehow seem to get it all and never produce anything. We sound like prophets. We sound like we've got it. We sound like we're praising, but the fruit of our lips, there's nothing there. There are no results. God is not pleased. We get it and we lose interest in the purpose of God. We want to do our own thing with the stuff that God gave us to live by. We just want to be on display before people. It's like being loved by God, but not being in love. You're loved and provided for, but never loving back. It's something else you're chasing. It's somebody else you're chasing. And you know that you can't live without God. You're benefiting from it but have not submitted or recognized your purpose in it. Matthew 15, 8 through 9 says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Listen to this. In life, there will be times that we will face serious obstacles, sometimes challenging things to where we feel like we're losing everything. And sometimes we will lose things, but we can still live because some of us got it twisted in our mind that, that losing what we have means that we're losing our life. But losing what you have only means you're losing a lifestyle. You're not losing your life. Sometimes you got to be cut back so you can bring forth more. Faith will trust and receive what God has already decided. 
Faith will respond to God's decision concerning a matter. How do you respond when God has decided that you won't be thrown in the furnace? You're going to go into the lion's den. I'm not going to keep you from it. I'm going to take you through it. How do you respond to God when he's given you his answer? And his answer is that is they're going to crucify you. They're going to lie on you. They're going to whip you. You're going to have to die through this. But trust me to use you to glorify my name. You may be going through something that's shameful. You may be going through a season that you are not excited about. Nothing about it is comfortable. But God is saying, I'm going to allow you to go in this so that I can take you through this. And when you come out of this, you're going to be saying, thank God he didn't let it kill me. How do you respond when God chooses you to be used as his subject for a miracle? How many of you really want to be used by God? I'm not talking about just to be on performance and let people see how you do it. Let people respond to you and, and, and take you through all of these things that we like to get. We like the applause. We like the pat on the backs. But really, when God is going to use you as the subject of a miracle, that means he's going to place you in a need for where you need, where it takes a miracle. There's nobody in your family. There's no bishop, pastor, or apostle that can help you. You're in something, and God is not trying to kill you, but he's trying to use you as a subject for a miracle. He's got you on display for his glory. How do you feel when it's your sins he uses to openly display his power to forgive sins on earth? When it's your life struggles that he uses to show others like you what he can do, huh? What do you do when he's using you to show people going through the same thing you're going through? He's showing them what he can do huh, by doing it for you. Amen. First Corinthians 2, 9 says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. One of the reasons why we're not producing anything with all the scripture we know, with all the services we go to, with all the preaching we hear, is because we have not developed a love relationship with God. Got the commandments, got our scripture, we've got our routines, we've got our processes of what we think is the most holy or religious thing to do in life, but we have not formed that relationship of love. Let me encourage you, God has done everything he said he did. You can trust God. He's done everything he said he did, and he's doing everything he said that he would. Might not, it might appear a lot like you're losing, but God is making this thing big. And you should praise him because he's made you a part of it. He didn't let it kill you. He did not let it come into your life. Thank God he didn't let it kill you. Some people may ask, why all this talk about the devil? I'm giving it to you the way God gave it to me. Some people think that talking about the devil means that we're promoting him, that we're giving him too much glory and too much credit. Let me just tell you, you do well not to give him glory or credit. But listen, the Bible does not glorify the devil. Neither has the word of God left him out to go unnoticed. Listen, in Matthew 13, 28 through 30, he said unto them, an enemy hath done this. 
the servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Talking about the wheat and the tare growing together. But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, the angels, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather my wheat into my barn. Listen, there are things that God requires of you, but that's not one of them. God requires us to love everybody. God wants us to be all inclusive of whosoever will let them come. But that doesn't mean that we have to take on their doctrine. We don't have to lower our standards of living and lower our standards of, 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 of accepting what God does not allow. We're all inclusive, but in a way to produce fruit in a way to win you to Christ, a ministry of salvation, a ministry of word, a ministry of hope and encouragement and love, not a ministry that, that tells people that we don't love them through the church or that we're judging them through the church for a certain lifestyle. It's not your business to do that, but it is your business to make sure they know the truth according to the word of God. God has laws and God has standards for living and he's given us a free will to choose life or death. And just because you choose death, don't get mad at me if I choose life. James 1.12 says, blessed is the man who perseveres in the trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to what? To those who love him. It's okay to become a Bible scholar. And I want you believers to watch out the things that, that you're listening to and allowing to enter into you. Because there are a lot of twisted doctrine running around. Some people have been to seminary and, and they're thinking too much. They're bringing their minds into the truths of God's word and trying to bend it and, and twist it until it confirms that what they're thinking is true. Let's let the word teach us. Let's let the spirit of God teach us what God wants us to know as we read the word of God. I believe that the Bible is the authority of the word of God. It's the word of God. The Bible is the, is the word of God. It, it's okay to become a Bible scholar, a theologian, one who's very knowledgeable of the Bible, but it's better to become a believer. Amen, somebody, a follower and lover of God. I don't want to just read about it all and, and of the goodness of God, the love and the blessings of God and never receive it. Just standing there rooted and growing and full of leaves, but never producing anything. It seems that the, the more we learn about God, the more we think we can control God when we come without loving God and have a faith relationship with God and trusting God. We get a relationship where we're spoiled brats trying to control God that if we cry we'll be like he'll be like our natural parents and just give it to us to stop us from crying without a relationship instead of having faith in God and being faithful to follow him we get scripture and we try to blackmail God with his word if you do this God then I'll do that or if you don't do this here's what I'm going to do they, they, they have a head full of knowledge but their hearts are empty 
you you hear you you hear them when they when they when they get a certain level of knowledge talking about God as if they saw him in the grocery store the other day buying toilet paper. No reverence for God, no submission to God, no connection with God, no real wisdom. They just have knowledge because if they had wisdom, they would use what they have to be born again and develop a love relationship. But all they have is just knowledge. And that knowledge is only head knowledge. It just puffs up and questions everything and analyzes God. And, 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 and what God has clearly spoken, they're analyzing it. Not to live it, but just to analyze it. Is there only one way, they say, to salvation? Now, I'm talking to you this morning as well. I want you, people of God, to understand, regardless of all of this inclusivity and all of this thing that, that, that people are talking about, you know, or exclusivity. I want you to understand that when you begin to question the authority of the word, the scripture, there is only one way to salvation. There's only one way to salvation. What is salvation? And they question this thing. That's what they say. What is salvation? Is there a hell after they read and get head knowledge? Is there a hell? And if so, who's going? They question the authority of the word. Whose word carries the most weight, they say, Jesus or Paul? What a question. They come together having these debatable conversations, never settling on truths, but leaving with the strongest mind winning. What are we going to do with the gospel if we don't think Jesus is the only way? Who else died? and rose again. Who else was born of a virgin without any involvement of a man? Who else has blood that pleads God to take away and wash us clean? Who else are we going to call on other than the name of Jesus? Don't get it twisted. Don't let strong-minded people who use big words and who have the art and the gift to gab convince you and seduce you into man-made doctrines. They are just minds, no hearts, and no hands, no real love for God, no relationship or connection, just knowledge, questionable, ever-changing knowledge, just standing there leafy but never producing anything, never producing anything. Nothing they say is solid in their lives. It's only questions. Is Jesus the only way to the Father? Is the gospel the gospel? A lot of people are not who they post on Facebook that they are. They're posting one thing, but they're really somebody else altogether different. God knows what it's going to take to get in your life and what you, it's going to take to get out of your life to bring you to a place of productivity. He knows what it's going to take. And believers, some of us are going through these cycles because God wants to break in and help you to stand there and be real. See, some of us have posted so many lies that we're walking in deception. We think we're who our Facebook character is or who we say we are online. But no, no, no. God is going to make this thing real. 
people God has given us an eye of discernment. He said, you'll know them by their fruit. And when he comes to check and he doesn't see any fruit, what he said in the scripture, he told the dresser, he told the manager of the vineyard, he said, cut it down. But thank God for intercessors. Thank God for people who will go on our behalf when we're thinking crazy, when we get a scripture and we try to control God with it, whether be faithful to what God has said in it and connect to God with it. We try to analyze and control God. But thank God that those with that mindset are in a dispensation of grace and God did not come to kill you. Thank God he didn't kill me while I was walking in my sin. And thank God he let me live when I wasn't thinking right, when I wanted to do right but couldn't do right, when I when I willed even to do wrong. Thank God that he didn't let me die in it. He didn't let it kill me. We sinned and we come short of the glory of God, but he didn't let it kill us. Somebody ought to give God glory and give God praise. But see, we don't get excited anymore that our sins have been taken away, that we've been forgiven, and that what is required of sin is never going to happen to us because God has paid it all. Thank God he didn't let it kill me. Now, you ought to give God praise because that's very important. Otherwise, you're going to be standing there looking like because you go to church, because you read your Bible, because you can have theological debates, because you can use big words, because you got a fancy car, because your house is bigger than everybody you know, and you're waddling in money, but you have no fruit. And in reality, you're really not happy or satisfied. You are worried about the economy. Instead of being concerned about your health and healing, you are worried about what's going to happen to your money. Your money going to be your money even when you're gone. Somebody else is going to spend what you didn't spend. I'm not saying we should be comfortable and not have standards and not want to go to new levels financially, spiritually, and physically. But I'm telling you, there's an order to things. We got to seek first the kingdom. God, our, our main priority, our major priority for being here is to first bring forth fruit unto God, fruit of our lips of praise, fruit of repentance, fruit of a ministry. We must be fruitful because God is coming looking for the fruit. The leaves are pretty. The branches are grown and they've spread out. You rooted, you're standing on, on the earth. And you're getting all the nourishment. You're getting all the stuff, but still you are not bringing forth what God is requiring you. Look at the grace of God, how he kept you covered how he kept you strong, how he's keeping you in your right mind while you're dealing with a devil, even in your family. God is keeping you strong. See, many of us don't like to deal with the truth, but we've got to tell people who come to us and read books about it and done all of this stuff. There is only one way that a man can be free from his sins. It's the gospel we preach. It is the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of one man who's ever done it. I've never read another man who was born by a virgin. I've never read about another man who died. I never read about another man who wouldn't fight back if everybody was jumping on him, who wouldn't cuss everybody out, who could stand toe-to-toe -to -toe personally with the devil. I don't know another human that could ever do that. God is the one who has saved us. God is the one who has given us life and life more abundantly through his son, Jesus. That's the only way. When you become so educated that you begin to question that, you're getting off course. And you'll never bring forth the fruit that God is looking for. You're just standing there 
and you've grown from earthly nourishment spiritually, physically. You're standing there and there's something that's missing that God is looking for. And this is a time of grace, but God is coming back. And this time, if he doesn't see fruit, when he comes back this time, God is going to come back. He's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's looking for a people that love him and that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for a people that, that will love him in spite of. And I'm telling you, I've, I've never seen in my lifetime such an attack on the word of God, the truth. I've never seen such an attack on the truth, deceptive lies. You know, we, we, and, we, and we build our, our doctrines off of scripture. If you look into, all, into a lot of other religions, they, they look at our word, our truth, and they interpret and build it out of a lie. It's demonically inspired. It's doctrines of devils. And they are more, they, they are expi they're inspired more than the believer to walk and carry that lie than the believers are to walk and carry the truth. People of God, it's time for us to get serious about fruit. You can listen to an awesome sermon from an awesome, powerful preacher online, in the church, in your house, on your iPhone and with, with your earplugs, you can listen to that. But when you get that truth, there's something expected of you. There's something expected of you. God expects fruit. That's all that matters. God expects fruit. You got the job. You got the promotion. You got out of that bad relationship. You're praying and God is doing something in your children's life. God is delivering them. God is exposing certain things that you didn't even know about them. Where's the fruit? The fruit of your lips to just tell God, thank you. Just to praise him for, for keeping you, letting you live. Thank God it didn't kill me. Thank God he didn't let it kill me. Some of y'all have dealt with sicknesses. You ought to thank God that he didn't let it kill you. Amen. Thank him. Give him praise. Give him glory. It's all right, even in your own house. Don't ever let the enemy just encourage you to discredit or discount the word of God, thinking that it doesn't take that, thinking that there's th there are things in the word that you really don't need to know. Everything in it, you need it. Amen. And listen, what, if these people are so smart, and they're so powerful because their, their church buildings are huge and, and the people that follow them online and even in the natural are huge, massive amounts of people. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need people, many people to be saved, born again. But what's more important? That you bear fruit or that you just look like it? That you believe God or that you are just faking it? Are you living in a season or are you living in a cycle? Stagnant, stale, never producing anything, never getting any farther. Think about it. You've given enough of your life to it. You, it's blocking the real nourishment. It's blocking your connection to what's gracefully sustaining you. I hope somebody can hear what I'm saying. 
because I don't take it for granted that when, when God has provided a meal for me and I bless my food, I'm giving God thanks. And I want, I want it to strengthen me and nurture me so that I can give back to God, even in physical strength. Give him the glory. Everything that God has done for you in your life and you haven't told it all, you know your story. Listen, he didn't let you die in it. He didn't let it kill you. And you ought to give him praise, honor, and glory because he didn't and he never will let it kill you. He died. He took it for you so that you could live and never die. Now, isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? That breaks the cycle. That gets us on another plane, another level. That gets us in another mindset to do something greater. I'm not going to let this worry me to death. I'm not going to let this kill me. I'm not going to let this change me. I'm not going to wallow in this. I'm not going to post sad stories with my tears on my face. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to live to the glory of God. Yet will I praise him. God is going to see the fruit of my lips the fruit of the spirit in my life I'm going to bring forth that which pleases God and walk in a peace that surpasses my own understanding I'm not going to know how I've got peace with the way they treat me and the things that's going on in my spirit and even in the natural in my body I'm going to give God the glory and the praise and the honor I'm not going to let this grace I'm not going to be gracefully living unfruitful <laughs> If God has done anything for you, you ought to tell him thank you right now. It's not deep. It doesn't require anybody to go to you and grease you. doesn't require anybody to tell you your future. It doesn't require you to do anything but just say, God, from what you've already done, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that you didn't let it kill me. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, oh God, you didn't let it kill me. And I'm talking to people who's gone through a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. You wanted to die. Some of you even tried. But thank God he didn't let it kill you. When you didn't want to live anymore in the state that you were in. But you weren't strong enough to change it. And see, that's why we need people who are not afraid to carry the truth speak the truth and depend on the truth because they'll be like that tree planted by rivers of water that in its season he's going to bring forth his fruit in his season his leaf is not going with wither because he is connected and rooted and grounded to the scripture he's quoting the prayer he's praying the god he's talking about he has a connection why in the world could this tree get to that point and never bring forth fruit? It's because it was not connected to what it was in. See, you get your blessings, but now it's time for you to seek his face. You got to touch the hand that's blessing and releasing into your life. You got to seek his face. Now, who's blessing me like this? Who, who's giving me all of this? Who's lifting me to these levels of joy? Look around your house. Look at how God has blessed you. Look at your wife and your children, how they're healthy, how they're happy, how they're strong, how God is keeping the house. You want to touch the hand that's done this for you and be connected to him. 
And let's not be ashamed to be who we are and to become the believers that God has called us to be. You're called to bring forth fruit. God is expecting fruit. He's been good. He's done enough for you to bring forth fruit. Thank God. He didn't let it kill me. Can you give God praise with me this morning? Amen, believer. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Amen. I thank God for you, believer. Show Glory some sign, something, a thumb, a, a finger, a face, whatever you can show. Just show some sign. Don't go to sleep. Come back to your computer and just give God glory this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. You are worthy Hallelujah. to be praised. We thank Amen. you, God, for the healing, Amen. the provision, Amen. the Amen. protection, Amen. the covering. We Amen. thank you, God, for the thank life you, that you've given us even through this season. Thank you, Amen. God. We don't take it for granted, Lord. We'll use your covering. We'll use your provision to bring forth more fruit. We thank yes, you for Lord. the ministry of Jesus. It's the only way that thank we can. worthy, Lord. It's through the thank name of God of Jesus. Now you look in your house, look in your life, and whatever is going on in your life, listen, God has put something in you at the root to overcome it, to outgrow it, and to bring forth fruit while you're standing right in the middle of it. If you connect to what God has provided for you, you will bring forth fruit. You will not only grow and look good and look pretty and look all of this stuff. It's not what's on you. It's what's in you that God, see, that's why you're not pleased with what's on you right now, because God is saying, I want you to look for what's in you. Glory to God. I'm Glory talking to God. somebody right now, and yes. I'm about to get off of here because I'm about to really get happy right now in the name of Jesus. God Praise is saying, this God. is your season to not look on you, but look in you. That's where it is because the connection starts on the inside. That's our whole problem. We've been too concerned about what we look like on the outside. God is saying, I want to see some fruit. I'm trying to establish a divine connection. I'm trying to establish a connection that you can live when you're crying. You can live through your sorrows. You can live through pandemics. You can live in a, in a, in a season to where it looks like you're losing. God said, you can live through it and your leaf will always be green. Amen. You are not withering. Nothing is falling off of you that's needed. Everything that's falling off of you is being pruned. God is cutting it off of you because you're going to bring forth more. You thought it, you had it then. No, God wants more for you. We are not at the best. We are not getting God's best right now. God has more for us. God has more. He's expecting more. I know the leaves are pretty. I know your branches look good. I know your trunk is strong. But where are the fruit? Mm. Who will give God praise off of their lips right now for the Hallelujah. fruit, the expectation you, of healing, the, the expectation of a manifestation Hallelujah. of a turnaround? I told you last week that something you, you thought was mm. permanent, God is about to turn it around. But you've got to connect to the word you know. Don't just flash out some cliche or just flash out a scripture mm. that you're not connected to. Flash out something you've lived and had to stand on, had to pray through, had to trust God when it didn't look like it was going to happen. Pray and talk and tell people about who it was that did it. Amen. It's Amen. not cliches that's doing it. It Amen. is the word of God. Amen. And when people look at you and laugh at you while you're being developed, you keep trusting the process of God to bring you back. And it will be in a way like you've never seen before. God is bringing some stuff to you and he wants you to bring forth fruit. 
Don't be so concerned about how you gonna look when he leaves. You gotta bring. You got. He's he wants to see some fruit. Amen. He wants to see fruit. Stop, stop, stop selling at the standard of leaves. Stop selling at the level of leaves. When God wants fruit, some of us we've got the right scripture, we found the right scripture, but we're still living off leaves because we have not connected and fed ourselves spiritually with what we know. Feed yourself, <clears throat> feed your spirit so that when God speaks big, you will receive all the big, the good of God. You receive all the fullness of God. And that's when Ephesians, when he says, and he said, when we receive all the fullness of God, and then it says, now unto him who's able, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Listen, it's not going to be just what you think. You're going to get above what you think. God is going to walk another. He's expecting more than just what do you think. you got to export more from God than just what you think. Come on and believe me, believer. Come on up to another level. I'm a living witness that God can do something that can blow your mind. He can take this thing to a level so quick. He can shift that thing so quick and take you to another level in it to where you weren't even expecting that. You just wanted this. You just asked for that. But God is always a God that does more than enough. He said, dig around it. Dung it. Fertilize it. Let's see if it'll bring forth more there. If you stay in me, you'll bring forth much fruit. If you do this, if you let me prune you, if you let me cut some things and get them out of the way so to stop this connection, there's one little thing stopping your whole connection. Let's get that out of the way. Let's cut that off so you can please God. You can bring forth fruit. It's not just about, and you saw this in the word, it's not just about going through the wilderness, but it's about you having the faith now to get out of the wilderness and into the promise. But when you think the promise is too big, there's something in the development and in the process of, of your thinking that you cannot receive full deliverance, salvation. You can't receive it because something is holding you in a cycle. What is the devil doing to keep you in this cycle when you're not going any farther? Don't settle, believer. God has more. He's expecting more. Yes. Oh, we want to see your fruit. Yes. We know what kind of tree it is. Now we want to see the life, the fruit. We evidently, we can see the fruit of the other tree in our lives easily. But now since we've been graced to take a bite from the real tree, we need to see the fruit manifest in our lives. Let's stop going through the motions. Let's stop acting happy when we're not truly being happy and, and full, full of joy. The love, the power, and the goodness, the grace of God, everything he's done. Don't live in vain. Don't live in your stuff and die without fruit. God, you, God deserves it all. He deserves your hallelujah. He deserves your praise. He deserves it all. And you need to, to not hold back. And even if it's not loud, just tell him thank you. Thank you just mean it from down on the inside this morning. Just give God, let him see the fruit of your lips. Give him praise. Yeah. You're sitting there blessed. Got family around you. Your loved ones there. You ought to just tell him thank you. 
Because you could right. be dealing with ambulance situations or hospital visitations. You could be dealing with all manner of things. But God, I thank you that you didn't let it kill me. Amen. I had to go through it. I had to take the answer that you gave me. I was afraid, but I had to face it. And I thank you that you didn't let it kill me. While I was in it, I thank you, God, thank in you, God. Jesus' name. Can we give him praise this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I Amen. pray now that you have enjoyed the word of God, that you did receive something from this word. Amen. While that tree wasn't bringing forth fruit, God did not let it kill it. God still expects and has given you a time to bring forth fruit. And I pray that your spirit have heard what the spirit of God has inspired me to share with you. Amen. I don't ask that you would give me a, a grade or, or or that you would esteem me any higher than you ever have, but we give God the glory. I give God the glory. And I take just the simple things, just the simple truths of his word to come back so that we can just bear fruit, bear fruit. We've got to be true and we've got to be connected to. You're always binding the devil. How are you doing that? And you're not connected to the power source. You have not received your delegated authority to bind the devil. I mean, he's laying there with his legs crossed and you just hollering, crying, I bind you in the neck. He just right there on your couch with his legs crossed, got the, got the footrest kicked out and everything. But you got to be connected. That's right. Otherwise, you're not bringing forth anything. You can sound like it, but you're not bringing forth anything. Amen. If you're standing in the need of prayer, I'm going to ask you in your own homes, if you would come together so that we could pray. I know that we all stand in the need of prayer. I thank God for your family, your house right now. In the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. I thank God that he's keeping your house covered. Yeah. I thank God that whatever problem it is that's threatening the, the, the connection in your family, I, I thank God that he's doing a work, a brand new work of restoration and refreshing in your life and in your home, in your house. I thank God that new things are coming new into your life. I thank God that through all of this, you're, you're receiving promotion. And I'm not just talking about on your job, but you're receiving spiritual promotion to where now you are trusting God like never before. You're depending on him. You're making a connection with God. And I thank God that your household is born again. I thank God for the spirit that dwells within the covering, the blood over your house, the blood over your life. I thank God for the soundness of your mind. I thank God that there's no doubt on the words that he's revealing and uncovering in your life right now. I thank God that you are connecting with that word and like a sailboat God is taking you to fresh and clean waters. He's taking you to calm waters because you believe the word and even if you're standing in the midst of a storm, I thank you that you dug deep, that the word is sustaining you as the winds blow against you. There's something in me spiritually that's keeping me standing. It's not what's happening outside of me. It's not what I lack in the natural, but it's what's in me that's sustaining me because if it was in the natural by now I would have been crazy I thank God for the power of God the power of his word I thank God that he's given me fresh understanding and revelation to know that it's only through his word that I can live through what 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 I have to face in the rest of my life the day tomorrow and for every day to come I thank God for a word that sustains me through it all depression cannot overtake me 
variation cannot overtake me. How they look at me and laugh at me cannot overtake me. I thank you, oh God, for this peace of mind, this joy in my heart, in my life. When I look at my daughter, when I look at my wife, when I look at my, my grandmother, when I look at my mother, when I look at all those around me that I love and honor, I thank God for keeping you and strengthening you. Somebody is praying for you even when you think nobody is. I thank God that he's given us this ministry of intercession and praying one for another, trusting and believing God for the next miracle that's on its way into your life. I thank you right now. God is keeping you lifted. It's God that you are connected to that's keeping you standing. Even when you felt like you wanted to fall, when you felt like you were falling, God kept you standing. And I thank you, God, for healing bodies. I thank you, God, for Sister David's, the surgical procedures. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name, for Tamara. I thank yes. you for blessing her with, 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 with healing, Father God, and restoration and a successful surgery. I thank yes. you, oh God, in the name of Jesus, for all those who are dealing with an issue whose name I cannot call. Lord, you know, and I thank you that you are very present help. We trust you. We believe you according to your word. We thank you right now for every household. We're more than conquerors through Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that you're keeping us and you didn't let it kill us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God, for you once again, believer, I love you all. I thank God for you being here, being on with us. Thank God that you have heard the word that you prayed with us and it was just not entertainment or just some next thing. But I thank God that, that he's building, actually he's building in us how to operate and do ministry in this, in this area, in this venue. And soon I pray that, and we won't move too soon, soon I pray that we'll all be back together again safely and we will approach this thing very cautiously and we will do it slowly. We'll enter into our own phases as we go back into the house of worship. Amen. Amen. But we worship God right here, right now. And we've given him glory and honor right here, right now. And I want all of you to make sure that you continue to maintain your, you know, social distancing and all the things that we're having to do to maintain our health. Let's make sure that we're doing that and not expose ourselves in, in a way to where we will harm each other and ourselves. Those around us that we love, let's keep them safe by keeping ourselves safe. Amen. I thank God for you. Let's get out today and enjoy this wonderful sunshine and let's give God the glory and know that when God gives us these days, he get, he expects fruit. Amen. So let's give him the fruit of our lips and give him honor and give him praise. I guess I will see you on Wednesday night right here uh, on our, in our zoom meeting. And I look 